Forgotten Flicks, Episode 64, Judgment Night, 1993. Let me tell you something, uh, Ray. You don't understand shit, okay? Nothing. Guys like you gotta keep checking your pants to see if you got a dick. I got one. You and your friends are the kind of spoon-fed fucking fruit bait that I fucking hate! I don't think he understood me. Shut the fuck up! You speak when fucking spoken to, okay? This is not fucking high school, motherfucker. I'll eat your fucking friends for fucking lunch. You know who we are? No, you have no fucking idea, do you? No, chicks like you, you just sail through life reading about people like me in the newspaper. Hey! You're in a different place now, motherfucker. Yeah, $100,000 might buy you out of North Shore down here, pussy. That means shit. This is my fucking world. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. I am Joel, joined as always by the irreverent, by the decadent, Jason. <laughs> okay, this has got to be some new kind of record. I don't think we've ever started a show with 11 F-bombs in an intro. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we earned the explicit tag just from Mr. Dennis Leary. And in case you're new to the show, um, like I said, I'm Joel, but in case you ever forget, I'm also And I think Jason would concur with that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you, brother. Yeah. It's all right. Yes, of course, this is uh, we'll be talking about the uh, movie from 1993 Judgment Night starring the great and I do mean great Dennis Leary and a bunch of other guys. And <laughs> You realize we're going to totally blow our wad on this show uh, for this movie, and then when we end up hitting the um, ref, yeah, we're we're gonna have nothing. I, or... I, I almost contemplated not pulling out the uh, <laughs> asshole song bomb. It's because we're not doing the ref. I think till the end of the year, because it's, it's a holiday picture. Of course, it's to get you in the mood for the holidays. It's got to be Christmassy. It is a Christmassy movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but I, I will. That really won't stop me. I'll still play the hell out of it for that as well. Yeah, well. yeah. Maybe I'll find some different drops from it to specifically call it because I have the whole song queued up, which you know we may play at the end of the show if you haven't heard it before. The Dennis Leary "I'm an Asshole" song, which <laughs> you know it's great stuff. It's very catchy. It'll be in your head for days. So, what are we gonna do when? when what are we gonna do when it's time for Demolition Man? I'm gonna play. Yes, I am. <laughs> And we're all going to eat rat burgers. That's yep. what we're going to do. Yep. We're going to smoke <laughs> our cigarettes, eat rat burgers. I love how, like, it, it's like, honestly, when Dennis Leary goes into one of those rants, I feel like <laughs> that's what that's how I feel inside. <laughs> he expresses rage so wonderfully. Yes. So, Jason, any little uh, housekeeping um, and any important things you'd like to say before we uh, go ahead and roll right into the trailer? Yeah, you know. Fucking clean? Come on. Well. Uh, and there it was, kiddos. Yeah. You caught it, my. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because Skype actually pooped. Actually, Skype was trying to censor you, I think. It did It did drop God. a little bit. I, I was going to ask. It. I was going to say, well, you, do you clean? Well, um, could you clean my bowls? Huh? 
My balls are dirty. Can you? So, you want to go right into the trailer? Or you got anything you want to say? I got nothing. Let's go to the trailer. Okay. Nobody is taking dates. It's a bunch of guys going to a boxing match. That's it. He's lying. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I know your friends. <laughs> they have the hormones of high school kids. I'll be home early, okay? Promise. <laughs> How do you say, fight fans? A night out on the town. A heavy traffic jam. Say something. I'm not going to miss this fight. And one wrong turn. We've circled this block about 300 times. Yeah, enough for this scenic route. <laughs> what the hell was that? He's been shot. They're coming after me. You gotta get me out of here. We can't just sit here. Come on. They got guns, John. You broke rule number one. Do not steal from me. Oh, boys, rule number two. No witnesses. Come on, go, go, go! Cops are gonna be here any second. The cops are not coming. What's up? You punks crazy or something, man? Chill out, man. We're just looking for some citizens. Don't move. Don't whisper. Don't even breathe. These guys don't give up. Oh, Frank, is this your wife, huh? I get a wife and a little girl, and I will get back to them tonight. Let's show these punks what we got. You better believe it. You're just another victim. You're just another victim, kid. Hey! You're just another victim. Just Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary. No, Frank, after I kill you, I think I'm going to pay a little visit on that wife of yours. <laughs> Judgment Night. You coming? On video cassette. Get ready for the season's hottest new action thriller. You're just another victim, kid. The Judgment Night soundtrack. Uh, apparently, the YouTube It's almost no over, I promise. <laughs> Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary. There comes a time when Jeremy you've Pippen. got to take a stand. In Indiana Judgment Jones. Night. Stephen Dorff. On video cassette. Excuse me. Excuse me. Spoiler alert, please. Oi. And yes, like our Cockney friend just told you, we spoil the hell out of the movie. So if you haven't seen Judgment add, Night. But he has to add an oi? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, he's keeping it very Billy Idol, sort of oi, oi, you know, like a... Uh, um, like punk rock. Is that, what the, is that what the punks they do these days? And when they're in their mosh pits, and yes, a little Billy Idol. That yeah, that makes yeah. it hardcore. Yeah, it really does. It, yeah. it, it with a rebel yell. She <laughs> cried more, more, more. And I, a three-inch feather earring. What? That's, That's what she said. What? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I figured it was a nice day to start again. Speaking of starting yeah. again, let's start this whole thing over, Jay. Um. Yes. Um, warning to everybody, um, in case you haven't listened to the show before, which yeah. we're pretty sure no you haven't. Show. <laughs> um, but if you haven't, we're going to spoil the hell out of it, especially this movie, because let me tell you, there are so many twists 
and turns. You'll never and see him coming. Corkscrews, you will not know what's happening. So if you have not seen this movie, you pretty much. I honestly, Jason, did you feel like when you're watching this, this was like a, a as if it had been a um, uh, M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movie by way oh. of Twin Tarantino, by way of um, Rod Serling. Really, honestly. Oh my God! Yes. Uh, I, I mean, there are so many twists, so many unexpected, um, just happenings that it blew my mind. It, it made me feel a little uncomfortable. It 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 was one of those you sit, you watch things, and it shakes your reality. Well, you know what it is? It's like you sit there, and you watch it, and you see moving images and sound. And it's a movie. Yeah, that was it. That was pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get any more obnoxious about this? Yes, probably. (laughs) Uh, We actually could probably for another 45 (laughs) minutes or so. I'm I'm willing to bet. No, no, no. I'll tell you what it was really like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, I hadn't. I don't know if I've ever seen this movie. Really? Oh, I had. Yeah. Um, I I might have. I might have seen. This this might have been one of the ones that I've seen bits of over and over again and and pieces of. Um, And. As you mentioned, it does star Emilio Estevez, mm-hmm. um, and the trailer mentioned like three times. Uh, of course, yeah. who I'm a huge fan of. I do love his his work. It it also starred Cuba Gooding Jr., mm-hmm. um, Dennis Leary, and Stephen Dorff, but also Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. I love right, Jeremy who Piven. Became, um, more famous now uh, than he was. Well, I guess this was this was early '90s. So well, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't. Uh, well, obviously, he wasn't important enough to be mentioned in the trailer. No, no, he wasn't big enough when this came, but he, yeah. he very shortly after this. But yeah, I would uh, say so he anyway. was kind of like kind of cool because remember, remember the movie PCU that he did. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, and the, that was funny, and I I kind of like that. So, yeah. but he didn't hit like big mainstream name. Like he's not a box office. He wasn't a box office draw in himself, and obviously because he wasn't even on the uh, on the cover name wise. But anyway, yeah. big name now. So yeah. you look back at something he's done. So. You know, you look at that and you think, wow, okay, that's that's pretty big. But I think this is actually a, a, a very oft-forgotten movie. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I think there's a lot of comments that you when you look up reviews of it uh, online, when you look up the uh, some of the, the trailer and the videos, a lot of people have forgotten about it. So I think this is kind of a perfect sweet spot for us. Which is interesting because um, was, this was actually a mistake, this whole thing. Seriously, this whole episode, this movie, it's all a mistake. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because... <laughs> I believe I was confusing this with Trespass, <laughs> which starred Bill Paxton and was a, as I recall, a similarly themed movie in that there's characters in an urban sort of it's like Deliverance urban style, um, minus the you know man on man rape squeal like a piggy, banjo. pretty mouth banjo yeah. stuff yeah, so, but it's yeah sort of like Deliverance <laughs> in the big city kids and so this, so this very well could be. The most forgotten flick we've ever done because we actually forgot about it. Yeah. Well, I, 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 it's funny because I remember seeing Trespass at the uh, – we had a drive-in um, in Winter Haven where I went to high school. And I'm pretty sure I saw this at the drive-in as well. Um, and they came out uh, – it may have been the same year. This is sort of – I guess this would have been like sort of the lowbrow – of course, not the – the ones I'm about to compare it to were highbrow, but the lowbrow <laughs> equivalent of like when you had like Armageddon and Deep Impact come out. Oh yeah. I guess right. those were the much bigger budgeted. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like they're they're very similar thematically and it was like two studios racing to see who could get you know get there first. Um I'd have to look up Trespass to see. It may have been ninety 
92, but they're right it around. It was 92. It was a year before, but it was okay. within close enough. This yeah. one, and yeah, Judgment Night came out in January of 93, so it was right at the end. Okay, close anyway. So yeah. Yes. So, needless to say, um, I did see this movie before, but I had very little recollection of it. I remembered some elements, but even like as scenes were playing, like sometimes we talked about this before. If it's a movie we haven't seen in a long time, you rewatch it, you're like, "Oh God, yeah, I remember that part. I remember that part." Yeah, I really there was a lot here that I didn't remember. <laughs> that's, that's why I kind of said I might have seen this movie, yeah. but you know, sitting it's, through watching it, it's like there wasn't a lot of scenes that jumped out and said, "Oh, I remember that." So I don't think I've actually ever seen this movie. And it took um, almost 65 episodes, Jay, but I believe we now have finally hit our stride of what we mean by forgotten flicks. The fact that we can't remember a damn thing from them or about them <laughs> is really what the title of our, of our show is about. It really has nothing to do with the movies. But I would like to point out, I think yes. this is a very a very good movie to talk about. So this is not one that we you know, uh, uh, both saw and thought. Yeah, there's no C and D here. Yeah, this is not an emotionally no, no. charged no. situation. And we have in the past, uh, which we haven't really talked about too much over the past 65 episodes, 63 episodes, um, we have actually watched movies in preparation for an episode and really pulled the plug on them. Yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's a, a couple that we've – there's a couple of them that we've watched and thought, hmm, meh. So this was one that although it was kind of accidentally put on the list, so to speak, uh, we actually decided to keep on there and mm -hmm. go ahead and talk about. But yeah. um Specifically because it had some pretty big names in it, but also because it uh, had some good stuff to talk about. So. I, I would agree with that, yes. <laughs> so without further ado, would you like me to go into the synopses? Oh, I would love that, actually. <laughs> so this is the story of four friends. Uh, well, I guess technically three friends and two – or two friends and two brothers. Or... Yeah, well, yeah, 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 three friends and one brother and – Anyway, yeah. Yeah. it's Emilio Estevez is the main character. He plays Frank Francis yeah. Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> um, his buddies, basically, the very beginning of the movie is the is um, Frank fighting with his wife about he's going out with his friends to watch the fights. He's going out to a fight tonight. Well, and well, his can buddy, I just real quick, can I interject? I think yeah. the reason for that was is at the time um, he was a Secret Service agent, and they were going to Cartagena. Oh wait. <laughs> look at me being topical and timely look at you trying because the secret service likes hookers no, hard. i'm just yeah. kidding this is jason <laughs> talking please don't bug my home and yeah. i'm sorry president I'm, obama i'm sorry um, it wasn't him it was his guys no that's true um so his buddies played by cuba gooding jr who played mike and um his brother john who is, I guess, the younger brother, kind of uh, black sheep of the family. How many hours up do you think a... they spent coming up with the names for these characters, by the way? <laughs> Fifteen minutes? I'm just curious, you know? Maybe? How... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and then, um, of course, uh, Jeremy Piven played Ray. Yes, Ray Ray. Ray Ray. <laughs> Razor. Yeah, that's uh, right. That was his the guy was who apparently thinks after hitting a man with your RV in a, in a really sketchy part of town, it's a good idea to go to the back of said RV and take a shot off a whiskey bottle. Because Come on now. that won't Come draw on the now. cop's attention to you. It was a bottle of vodka, first of all. Second of all, he took a swig to get ready to fake call 911. That takes a strong hit of alcohol. It really do. does, but I just go back to the bigger point <laughs> that just in case the cops actually did catch up with your ass, 
your argument's going to be even harder to make. Yes. So the four guys are going to go out, and uh, uh, Frank's wife says, you're the only one with the family. You're the only one that doesn't have the hormones of a high schooler. You know, with responsibilities Uh, and— Yeah. Um, And to be fair, his wife was very hot, so— you know, that would have been a tough one, but he, you know, it's almost been, it's been almost three months since they've been out of the house, you know? So she finally, all right, fine, have fun. Maybe you won't have that, you know, sad look on your face. So he's like, yes. And honey, I just Razor, want to go play hockey with some kids. <laughs> in in Columbia, the hooker. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Hey, I'm moving on up. <laughs> so um, Rayman or, or Razor. You want to call him Ray Man, but it's Ray. You want to call him Ray Ray. Ray Ray shows up in a big giant RV that he was apparently able to just talk out of a sales guy that was this fully <laughs> capable, um, the worst salesman stocked, ever. <laughs> fully stocked RV that not only did it have a fully stocked liquor bar. Oh, did you catch what was it on also the TV? had? Uh, no, it was. Oh, I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was where you're going. You no, didn't no. see it. Okay, no, go no. ahead. Go ahead and tell you, say what you were going to say. It had a big giant Mr. Microphone. Hey, good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. Yeah, because God knows there's nothing cooler than a PA system. And the satellite. The di- oh, by the way, and the satellite dish that is in fact um, used to contact other worlds. <laughs> on the top it of had a, it, had a satellite dish the size of a bathtub. Seriously, remember in Contact? Remember the poster for Contact? <laughs> yes. It was like these massive radio, radio telescopes. Telescope. Yes, it's yeah. exactly what this looked like. And, and then, it had a, a, a Nintendo Entertainment System sitting right there on the TV. Did you catch that? Yes, it did. Yeah. And it had the little gun to play Duck Hunt with. Because nice. that's what they're going to do. Yep. Um, but who, who that builds dog, in? That dog just mocked you. <laughs> Shut up, dog. I would, did you ever try to shoot the dog? I totally tried to shoot the dog. Oh, my God. Hunt. Every time. Who didn't try and shoot yeah, that could, Was it dog? possible? Was there like an Easter egg that if you hit it just right? It was know. left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, start. Was it select start or just start? Just start. Okay. I'll try that. So who puts a freaking PA system, an external PA system, <laughs> yeah, I know. on an RV? Now, I get Excuse it. Excuse me, sir. I get it. You want to put that into a part of the story later. You know, oh, we're chasing yeah, yeah. down That's the police. That's called a they contrivance. Yes. What the hell? Come on now. You know, yeah, right. you know why you put an external PA system, Jason? So that later on, when they're in that so-called sketchy part of town, they can do something really <laughs> stupid, like yell after the cops when they've got a shooting victim in said RV and they're trying to escape <laughs> bad guys and go, help us, please, help us. And then they don't hear them, but of course the bad guys do. Uh, <laughs> of course. So then, of course, uh, his little brother John and Mike and Ray are bad influences, Ray, and Ray. they all are getting shit faced driving this big giant. Which is very tour bus. responsible of them. So his wife was definitely wrong to be worried about him to being with these guys. I think so. Was this pretty much just an episode of Entourage? Was that wasn't that one? Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So uh, they get caught in a, and I love how the trailer says says it because the trailer voice is like. Four friends going out. What? Would you know what? Could... You know what's funny? No, wait. Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. And he says, "They get caught in heavy traffic." <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> wait, no. Did you also notice that voice though? It was like the the theatrical movie voice is gruffer and more intense. The coming soon on VHS voice, it's like <laughs> yes. 
it's not quite as you know Don LaFontaine. It's like it's and they're like caught in traffic. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> darker, but yes, definitely got that. Yeah. So, so they get, of course, they get caught in heavy traffic on the way <laughs> to the game. Dun, dun, dun. And Ray Ray decides he's going to get them out of traffic by taking an exit uh, off the interstate, which apparently leads them into what central Beirut. What the hell, man? <laughs> I know, what was they that? They basically drive into like what looks like a third world apocalypse. No, no, no. You know what reminded me of <laughs> Escape from New York. Yes, exactly. Nobody on the streets anywhere. Yeah. And apparently, I've come to a conclusion. Any place that is a bad part of town, which I apparently have never been to, any place that is a bad part of town is apparently very, very windy, and they leave their newspapers outside all the time. Yes, they do. It's very, because, very... What was the, place, what's the windy city, I believe? <laughs> because every every shot of like the streets was like a hurricane fan blowing down the street and like 50 newspapers unfolded blowing down the street because that was supposed to make it feel like it was yes, the seedy part of town. very apocalyptic. <laughs> but um, apparently they all read lots of newspapers. So anyway, they uh, take a wrong turn. They end up trying to drive back to the interstate through this, uh, I don't know, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome kind of uh, city. And... They accidentally, while drunk driving a big giant RV, think they hit this guy when, in fact, he was actually shot uh, and they didn't actually hit him. But he was shot because the bad guys were chasing him. That, are that kid looked very familiar to me. Was he on a sitcom? Was he on, like, Head of the Class or something? Yes. Was I'm, I'm serious. I'm guessing because he looked very familiar to me. I didn't. I was apparently too lazy to, you know, click an IMDb app. <laughs> <laughs> He was actually he played uh, he was in Fame, the TV series, the original. Oh, he TV wasn't in head of the class. Oh, was close. And he was in head of the class. Oh, he wasn't head of the class. Was he like yeah. Eric or something? No, Eric. No, it wasn't Eric. Eric was the um, was it Eric? Was Eric the uh, Brian Robbins character, the cool it was kid? Alex. Alex. Yeah, I would not. Alex. I would. I would not guess that. Yeah, but he was in head of the class. But yes, what I remembered him from because I did the same thing. I'm like he looks familiar. Um, I I remember seeing him because he was a big character he was the main one of the main characters in fame but okay. yeah he was in head of the class in fame and he's also been in well, you know New York what uh, apparently and... he he proved the point he didn't live forever <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no <clears throat> but he was being chased by the bad guys the bad guys of course were played by dennis leary of course they were who was the head bad guy kingpin would it be the same of. dennis leary That I one? actually don't think so. No, uh, because in this, the, the Dennis Leary was not, in fact, an asshole. I, I don't. I, think. I would. I would beg to differ. Towards the end there, where he's talking, where he's beating this guy to death and talking about going back and banging the guy's wife, I'm pretty confident that is definitely. Okay, so at the very end, and he does drop a lot of f bombs. Oh, he does. They were. Yeah. It was. It was almost poetry. At two points. Yeah. So apparently not the rest. Yeah, so um, the bad guys uh, catch up with the RV and take the kid out uh, who was shot because they were after him because he stole money from the crime lords, whatever they are. You don't and steal they... from Dennis Leary. Don't steal, you and know you why, don't Jay? lie. You know why, Jay? Because. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. <laughs> I actually had that cassette tape, believe it or not. Yeah. So, um, so they, they 
pull the kid out and they pull him into the middle of the street in the middle of four street lights in an intersection of the middle of Mad Max where the, town. Where there's, the, no, where there's nobody around, but no one watching, very right? well-fed hobos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who like to play jokes on white people who drive through in an RV. Yes. Um, and they shoot the kid right in the head in front of these four friends in their RV. And then they say, oh, yeah, we got to take care of these four guys. And then so the rest of the movie ensues. Because basically it's Dennis Leary and his three thugs chasing after this guy. Okay, before we get too deep into this, I do have to ask you one question. I'm now going to play the very beginning of the movie, and I just want to ask you one question. Hold on, that's the Largo Entertainment. Now we're about to, okay, JVC, now we're going into the movie. Hold it. Music. What the hell is that? Traveling at the speed of light? Is it light? Or I can't even. Is it the, the that's speed the most of light? An, I don't know. It's the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. I but just, but go on beyond that. Beyond that first initial piece. Yeah yeah okay. I'll play it one more time because it is so annoying. It's so annoying. I think it has to be played again. Because <laughs> but let it go past okay, that part. Okay okay. Well okay. Here we go. All right, Largo. Here we go. And open on the sky. Here it is. Like, he's going to be like a boys to men thing. But then... Traveling at the speed of love. Of love? Aside from that stupid piece, it sounds a little bit like... Traveling at the speed of love. Sounds like something from Primus. Um... What, but it, you know who that? You know who did that opening song? Isn't that who was it? Well, it was, it was a combination. It was Teenage Fan Club. Okay. And De La Soul. Oh, and I was going to say that guy, that one guy graphing right there, sounded like De La Soul. I love this is all slow motion. And so yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, and there's Cuba Gooding Jr. He gets out of the car and like he's just slow. It's like a bad music video. <laughs> and, and just for the sake of just being, because you know, much like the Dennis Leary song. I am. One more time. <laughs> I literally, when I started the movie, I paused it. And went, what the hell was that? <laughs> it was just, it just, it was weird. It was just so like I don't know, just yeah. pull like me. As soon as the movie starts, you pull me out of the movie with traveling <laughs> at the speed of love. So, so this this movie actually had another. Uh, uh, another good hip hop connection. Do you know what that connection was? Oh, I don't know. I hope it wasn't Public Enemy after our conversation last week, and I never got to. Uh... <laughs> no, no. I actually said to Jason because the movie I, my pick was from 1989. I went 1989, a number, another summer. Get down to the sound of the funky drummer. Because whenever I say 1989, I have to like the OCD kicks in, and I have to say the rest <laughs> of that. And Jason's like, "The what?" I was like, "Um, excuse me." It's, said, it's CDO. CDO, OCD alphabetically. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I never... um, CDO. Yes. Say it three so, times. CDO, no. CDO, CDO. You missed it. Okay, so I'm watching this movie, and okay. I'm obviously clicking nothing here. I'm like, okay, I don't remember it, so I've, I've not seen this. One of the thugs, one of Dennis Leary's thugs, the last guy to live, the guy, because, oh, I gave it away. Oh. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, yeah, because God knows if you hadn't said that, people would have been like, how's this movie going to end? Are all the bad guys going to really survive? Are they going to be the... (laughs) Which we'll get to that in a second, because I have notes. Um, No, but the last bad guy, aside from Dennis Leary, the last of his thugs... No. Okay, I have have nothing. That was my guess. So I'm watching. I'm like, he looks really familiar. Like, I, I, I know his face, but... There was something weird, like I, I haven't even seen him in anything else, but I know who he is. <sighs> it was Eric Schrode, which you probably will not remember the name for. No. He is the lead singer. For? Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Stop, stop. I forget what the name of uh, the band is. Oh, they did Jump mess, Around. I, oh, oh, House they of Pain? Jump Around. House what? of Pain. That's it. He's the lead singer of House of Pain. Are you sure? I swear to God, I've checked three sources. Not only is he please the singer, email us at Jason is a douche. <laughs> no, he's the lead singer of House of Pain, and he did one of the songs on the soundtrack for this movie. Was it perchance traveling? No, it wasn't. That Damn was it. De La Soul, and, and, and which I like De La Soul, but that particular opening was really obnoxious. That to was me. weird. No, he did something like uh, um. Last body or something like that. He was like a, another body or something. Jump but around, he, jump around. But I recognize him from the video. Jump around or shamrock. He seemed. To, I, mean, I don't know. The guy. Didn't he have like some kind of? Didn't the leader have like a drug problem or something? Because he. I remember later years he's a lot thinner. So that guy was kind of big, wasn't he? If he's the one I'm thinking of. No, he's shaved head. Yeah, and kind of had a goatee. He was big, wasn't he? Was he pretty thick? No, I he might have been a little muscular, but he was not thick. He was kind of Maybe a it was the clothes he was He looked heavier to me. Like he, he was looked, kind of a muscular Eminem looking. I mean he was kind of a skinny really? white guy with, you know, muscles, but Really? I didn't Anyway, that. yes, he was one of the thugs and uh yes, I listened to House of Pain. Shamrocks and Shenanigans. Yeah, he doesn't know public enemy people, but he listened to House of Pain. Yeah, that's right. House jump of Pain around. Was. Jump around. Jump up, jump up and get down. <laughs> jump, jump, jump. Mr. Mix will make you jump. Oh, wait. Crisscross will make you what? Oh, God, stop. I always add no, something. Brian, he's rapping. I, I was I was at uh, something, and I will be very vague in how I specifically say this for various reasons that I'll tell Jason <laughs> offline. But I was at something not that long ago, and I swear to God, they had the mixtape. Like, it was like the greatest hits from the mid-90s, cause, but it was like the really obnoxious, like, top 40 stuff. So... You'd like w- leave the room and you'd walk at, back in and they would play. You'd be, you know, it'd be like crisscross and make you jump. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you'd walk back out. And you'd be don't go chasing waterfalls. It's like what? Like and then I'd walk out and I'd walk back in. And it would be um, uh, the shoop shoop song or whatever the hell it was from waiting uh, to exhale. <laughs> trying to catch every twenty eight year old in the yeah. In the uh, yeah. I was like what what? It's like, is every song on this friggin' and this is this a tape? So, yeah, this is my '90s mixtape. Yes, I yes. make it for the pretty lady. <laughs> I listen to it in my Trans Am when I sit outside their house. <laughs> yes, <Traveling>. my <laughs> I should have sampled that. You should have. You really should have. I know. I'm so okay. So I have notes. Can I go over my oh, notes? Oh, please do. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't I'm have not... a whole lot. <laughs> I actually have a lot. Oh actually, God. I have a lot. <laughs> So, so Ray Ray, yes, the beginning of the movie, Jeremy he's driving, mm-hmm. driving the RV, and he's drinking like a mofo, and he is obviously the asshole of the four of them, right? Um, would you mean like sort of like that? 
A S S H O L E. It's Dennis Tommy I'm to spell just that. Mr. Regular Joe with a regular job. Sorry. <laughs> so Ray is the asshole of the group, and he, of course, is the one predictably uh, who falls apart at every stress point in this. So yeah. um, as they're running away, he flips out. Was I really the only one that was happy to see him pushed off a freaking building? I don't think so. And more to the point, I kind of <laughs> feel like with Dennis Leary's rant, the one we played at the beginning, which was directed at um, said Ray Ray, because he gives him this. Ray decides he's yeah. Mr. Good Businessman. He's going to talk his way out of it and offer up a couple hundred thousand dollars. Because he's a super salesman. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to sell him out of this. Yeah. yeah. And when Dennis Leary goes on his rant, you're kind of going, he's kind of right. <laughs> he probably <laughs> doesn't have a dick. <laughs> and <laughs> you don't know who I fucking am. Yeah. So, yeah, I was actually disappointed that all he did was kind of elbow him off the building. I was waiting for him to just pull out his big 45 and just blow his brains out. But, yeah, uh, that was and, – and I say unpredictable earlier because I was being slightly minusculely uh, sarcastic. I would think so. Slightly. Because I was this, just this side was, of telegraphed. Was, is, <laughs> As soon as okay. he refused so the, to come scene, down, let me, yeah. yeah. Let me let me set the scene. So they're on the roof, and mm-hmm. one of the ladies, who was a throwaway character, they probably should have cut. Um, the they, lady says, "The only way to get out of this building is go to the roof. You can cross to the other you building." Can't the kids cut a plot time. point, Jason. Yes, you can, because <laughs> they could have just run through the building, and that would have been it. So they go to the roof, and there's this. They have to jump down to like a whole floor to another level of the roof and then cross a ladder across these two buildings, Mm -hmm. this, you know, painter's ladder type thing. And Ray, they all three jumped down. Ray. You mean Ray Ray? And Ray Ray was like, I'm I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, duh. Guess what? This is the point where he decides he's going to make up for all of his, his sins, all of his moral transgressions throughout this entire thing. This is called judgment night. So he, in a way, he's like, he's being judged. This is the point in the plot mm. where his uh, he he gets he pays for his moral issues, and so guess what? Exactly what he happens. gets flying lessons. <laughs> uh, which he's only like three stories up, so really, yeah, really, he, he really wouldn't be lame like way to die. He wouldn't splat like they showed him splat. He would have like fallen, Broken screamed, been dying. Yeah, but no, they it was like he was like at a ten story building. But anyway. So he he's sitting there and and uh, my uh, Francis is saying no you got to go across the ladder he's like I'll go after you I promise yeah. except I'm a lying sack and I'm gonna <laughs> and I'm like okay he's not gonna go I know he's he's not gonna go come on so Emilio Estevez crosses the ladder and then of course exactly what I thought was gonna happen he throws the ladder off and says I'm gonna talk our way out of this and how did you know it was gonna happen. <laughs> I'm serious. I had no idea. I have ESPN. Do you? I don't have cable. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, I wanted Ray Ray to bite it, and uh, he did. did. Yeah, I did. Wish granted. Which brings me to point number two. Yes. Because all throughout this movie, starting with the beginning when they're in the RV and the first incident happens, and Dennis Lurie's group, and he shoots that guy, and they all start running away. You realize this entire movie is about them being chased, and, and they go through all different venues. So they start with the rail yard where they're hiding in boxcars. They yeah. the, Did you uh, – oh, real quick. Can I just interject this? <laughs> Were you totally getting ready for the homeless dude to ask him for sex? Because <laughs> he's doing nope. – because when they get in the box car and they're hiding and this 
couple of homeless guys are in there and they're like, they're like, you know, oh, if we believe they probably offer a reward if we tell them you guys are in here. And the guy's like, what do you want? And he kind of gets that leering look on his face like, hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, it is deliverance. <laughs> Except they volunteer. <laughs> no, I expected him to start singing Jimmy Crack Corn like in Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure where he's <laughs> like, Crack sardines. Corn, <laughs> I don't care. And I don't care. And they all jump out of the boxcar. Shoot us! God damn it, shoot us. Um, so, so they're hiding in boxcars. I forgot about that part. To, that was funny. Sorry. <laughs> they go to the projects, and they're hiding in the apartment uh, complex. And, of course, everybody's got uh, all these barred doors. No one will help them. They they finally find this one woman who slightly believes them yeah. but what still the doesn't he- trust who, them. And- okay, let's just back this up one second. Really? So your ass is coming at him with a baseball bat one second because and then, oh, I love to say he comes by himself and then all of a sudden his three friends appear. Yeah, because that gang <laughs> rape scenario, I'm sure never <laughs> plays out. <laughs> oh, no, just let him in the house with, with my sister and my young daughter. Yeah, this is a great idea. They look like good white boys, right? That, yeah. There was no stereotyping you, there. Of course, you keep so, saying you keep saying um, that, but you do realize Cuba Gooding Jr. was with them. Yeah, I know. I said four white boys. That's what I said. So Whoa. they are Whoa. What was going. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Jesus. He was... Oh, come on. I, I don't you know didn't what... expect in this movie. Like there at one point we're going to say I was waiting for them to say something like to Cuba, like to Cuba. You go talk to him. You know, <laughs> like, like I was waiting for them to pull that out of this. Actually, I was like, come did, on, did don't they? do that, please. They never did. No, they didn't. And I but several points it was like. Oh God, they're gonna do it. They're gonna. Okay, thanks. Don't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But so no, they're hiding in. They're hiding in the apartment complex. They're hiding in the boxcars. They're hiding in the sewers. They're hiding all over. One thing kept running through my head throughout this entire thing. <laughs> really? When someone's chasing you, shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, when someone's chasing you... you and you actually get far enough away to get down a drainage, you get the grate out of the way. You get down the the ladder. You're in the sewer. They didn't notice you, so you know what you do? Oh no! Do you, do you do you just keep running? Go 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 go! Fire in the hole! Run run run! Oh no no! You stop, and you stare up at them to see if they're gonna notice. <laughs> yeah, but and then how many times? And then you argue about it. <laughs> how many times? How many times in this movie did Dennis Leary do the? Listen, yeah, and you hear them yelling. And it's like, oh, they're over there. And it's like, really? Come on. Yeah. So then, then it becomes times. a Dennis Leary show, and you're just hoping he's going to off all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, this movie, when you, okay, so they're being chased. They finally get into the sewers, which you said. They look up, and they're waiting to see if they get noticed. And uh, they are going through this entire segment of the movie where they're in this water world underwater. Yeah. It's movies. <laughs> When they decide to make their stand in that one, like, main room, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was that not, like, the Chester Copperpots monologue from Goonies? Yeah, oh, my God, it was. <laughs> we're just, oh, no, 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 better yet. Wait, wait, no, it was. You know why? This is my time. Wait, dude. I'm taking them back. I- I- I'll do you one, but you know exactly why it was? They came down a damn chute. Now, the difference is, unlike the Goonies where it looks like this fun, like, water flume, this is more like a poop chute. Like a corrugated <laughs> but there was a water slide. Shoot, but it was, in fact, no, no, like a water was slide. A, 
There was a water slide yes. that looked like it was a slide, like a kid's yes, slide. Like a bowl made out of corrugated <laughs> steel, maybe. But yes, it definitely had a more slide-like quality to it. And they splashed right but down it, in Poopy Central. <laughs> but but that main room had the same lighting where the light reflected yeah. off the yes. water up into his face this when he's speaking. Time. And they're like... <laughs> <laughs> Let's steal this one for it's Ray movies, Ray. It's, it's <laughs> movies like this and Goonies that made me believe when I was a kid that under those sewer, uh, under those manhole covers was a magical water world. And let me tell you, my friend, I went down there as a kid. That is not a magical water world. <laughs> I finally got up the nerve when I was probably about It took three 11. years to finally clear up the fungus. <laughs> I was probably 11, and two friends of mine and I pried open that manhole nice. cover in the middle of the street. And we went down there, and guess what? It is not like on Goonies. <laughs> no, au contraire. So how far first down were all, you before the smell hit you? First of all, everything in there is like three feet wide. It is not this big, giant, cavernous, beautiful waterfalls and, you know, these cool ladders and this giant you can crawl through and slide down. No, it is like you were crawling through a tube. Yeah. <laughs> and, sec- and second of all, there are tampons down there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, my impression of, of, of a tender young Jason, age 11, crawling through the shit pipe <laughs> beneath his suburban Looking for Chester Copperpot's gold. <laughs> Looking for Chester Copperpot. All right, ready? Um. Hey, hey, guys, wait up. Wait. Hey, cool. I found some balloons. <laughs> oh, this is kind of cool. Oh, hey, hey, guys, look. Look, these coop, these these Q-tips are floating. God, whoever, these, <laughs> was it a giant? Did these come out of a giant's ear? These are the biggest damn Q-tip tips I've ever seen in my. And why is there dental floss attached to them? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, wait up! I, I want me gold. <laughs> I made it to the me- to the next manhole cover. That was that was it. <laughs> Sloshing around and pissed shit and actually there were more storm drains than anything. It wasn't like at least the part I was in wasn't yeah, total. Keep telling yourself that. Yeah, <laughs> it was not cool, man. These movies are misleading. Yeah, see, <sighs> movies really do make kids do bad, stupid things, don't they, Jason? <laughs> I blame the movies. <laughs> I'm filing a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, my teeth are still falling out. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not turn into Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you ever see what was the uh, was the movie Delirious with John Candy, where he, it's the soap opera? Oh, the soap yes. Opera. Remember the one character? He like his teeth are falling out, and he's like just keeps de- you know deteriorating slowly. <laughs> yes, yeah. That that was the weeks after Jason's sewer excursion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let me let me move on from my childhood trauma here. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I have one last note. Um, and, and this connects to Dennis Leary. So um, I like this movie. I really like this movie. I like the characters in it. I thought the acting was good. They did some, some cool camera shots. Uh, um, there was a couple where they did the, 
the dual focus. I don't know what it's called, but they had oh. like the close up guy. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the de- the yeah, the um, the shallow depth of field. So like, and, Leary's and he face was focused. Is really, yeah, in focus, everything behind him. But then the guy behind him was in focus. You know, yeah. um, so they well, that did would some be, actually shot. that's a long depth of field. The shallow depth is usually when the uh, background is actually out of focus. So I misunderstood oh, okay. you. Never mind. Yeah, no, it's one. They played a couple shots. I one was Dennis yeah. Leary's face, his mouth yeah. up close. Mm-hmm. It was in focus, but then the guy behind him was too. So they did some cool cinematography. They, I felt like it wasn't a cheap movie. There was plenty of uh, big sets and plenty of good special effects and all. The only thing I didn't buy about the movie was the only Dennis, thing. Well, well, you know, it's a story, and I bought into it that it was supposed. Yeah. I knew what it was supposed to be from the get go. You know what it's what it is going into it, yeah. watching the trailer, reading the, uh, the you know the setup, but. Dennis Leary as the the guy that's going to kill him. Yeah. He just didn't sell it for me. Now, I I have a I have a theory. This movie along with when he was in Demolition Man and The Ref, which was the same year. Uh yes. And I realized at this time he was at the height of his popularity from his stand-up routine, which I love his stand-up routine. So they're trying to play off of that same type of character. Mm-hmm. In this, it seems like every time he came up he was monologuing like they were letting him doing do a bit like of his improv, yeah. comedy routine and he would talk for a long time like the one you played in the beginning freaking hilarious but doesn't connect See, and actually, it didn't funny, feel the, like the one in the beginning i didn't find to be funny and actually that was the moment when he his character did shift for me because yes i agree with you at the beginning i was like it's Dennis Leary. like it's nothing scary really about this but, yeah like i thought the one guy and I, his name is escaping me at the second but the one who was kind of like his right hand man the the one henchman Yes, yes, like his best friend or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Green was the actor who played the uh, the Sykes. Yes, he was more menacing. uh, I agree. Than Leary was, but that being said, especially the last like battle between Emilio Estevez and Leary, I def I I thought he I thought that he handled that well. Like I bought it. Like it wasn't like I was like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Yeah, the last fight he did he did pull off well, but just the whole thing of like his angry face is just like. Like yeah, just his, perpetually. It was sort of like Cuba Gooding Jr. Like I, he was funny. A lot of yeah. people hate Cuba Gooding Jr. I don't. I actually don't. I, I don't. Don't hate the guy. Um, I like him. There's I, a couple of movies that I've seen him in that he's been phenomenal in. I think he's got a long list of ones that are meh. But well, Snow Dogs, for instance. Hello, actually, awesome. I kind of like that one. <laughs> that does not shock me in the freaking least. <laughs> And then the one he did where he was in the Navy and he was. Yeah, uh, the Men of Honor was good. Uh, Men of Honor Actually, was good. And I, and I, I, you know, I know people hate on it because they like to hate on it. I like Jerry Maguire. Screw you people that hate Jerry Maguire. He was so. good in Jerry Maguire. I don't. Yeah, some people hate, hate the movie. Yeah, some people hate Jerry Maguire, though. Like, I, I, I think hate he's hated it. to hate it. Like, they don't even have no. a reason. They, I just hate it. No. For when it first came out, the story was relatively original. It was well played and it was, I think it was good. But it's been overplayed since. It's kind of like a really good song. That gets played everywhere, and you hate it now yeah. because it's, I think that's it. But I did like Cuba Gooding Jr. But he always this. makes the same face. Yes, he's always got that. Like he takes his lips, he's like, like, like <laughs> it's like a, it's like a combination of I'm trying not to yell, cry, or shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and but that's, he, it, yeah, and his eyes, he's got this very expressive. Yes, yeah, so. he gets a real, and he's like, mm, I'm gonna kill a bitch. It's like. <laughs> But you can't take it like it's evil. That's I think that's what I'm talking about. If I were to look at, you know, who would have been great as the villain in this? Uh, let me think. Give me a second. Hold on, Meryl Streep. Actually, that would have been a, a decent twist. <laughs> that would have been a. That would have been no um, Christopher Walken. Like he's got that. Oh, because then he would come out and go, 
crazy. I, I need more cowbell. I, I, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to. Bam! And then <laughs> yeah. he kills him. Right? You, you have no dick. I have a dick. <laughs> yes. yes. I would have bought that. Yes, but I would have. But in his theory, yes. he, he still has that likable face to him. He still has so? that. Ah. Yes. I don't, I don't think he comes across as scary at all. I think it's just a, even in Demolition Man, when he's supposed to be this, you know, I know he ends well, up he's coming. he's like an anarchist or something like that. Yes, but he, co- he ends up coming on the side of, of Sylvester Stallone's character and all. But he's supposed to be like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the badass of the underworld. No, you're not. You're but you funny. Know what? But, yeah. you know, but, but you know what he is. <laughs> I mean, so there is that. I drive really slow in the ultra fast lane while well, people, people behind me are going, going insane. insane. I'm, I'm an asshole. asshole. <laughs> was it the, was the my feet on the table and a Cuban cigar? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This that song was actually part of the cassette tape that was with his entire like stand up routine that he sold at the time. It was like right after Andrew Dice Clay, but it was I think better because it was that time when they were you know everybody's pushing the envelope. It was Andrew Dice Clay pushed an envelope really. Uh, at the time, now really? it's like meh, tame. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I think half of his jokes he would probably be like killed from a political correct perspective. I think he'd be killed. Dennis Leary? No. Or, uh, well, maybe even him, but Dice yeah. Clay, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. he was just eh. offensive to be offensive, and yeah, that's true. Yeah. But so anyway, I didn't. I couldn't buy Dennis's. I love Dennis in, uh, as an actor. I like him in this. I never got to watch. Um, what's that new series he's in that he's got? Oh, a Rescue lot Me. For. Yeah, I've never watched it either. Rescue Me. I haven't me. watched it. Yeah. I've heard great things, good reviews, and and I like him as mm-hmm. an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just can't buy him as a really evil bad guy. Like I think they could have cast somebody else as the bad guy. Well, in this the thing is, I don't think they played him as an evil bad guy. I mean, he he definitely. What's kind of cool about having somebody like Dennis Leary playing against type like that is that he is he does come across as very intelligent and like he's really thinking through what he's Maybe. doing. So as opposed to it just being some you know sort of meathead guy. Yeah, with a gun. I didn't want it. To be, I didn't want it to be one dimensional. But I guess it was the intensity of Emilio Estevez. Like he is a very intense actor. Like, he can get that face, uh, that very stern and very concerned and, and and bring the drama to the moment. I felt like Dennis Leary, even when, like, the whole point of it was every time he would start singing in the background or saying something in the background, I see you guys. Like, that was supposed to be, oh, my God, he's these guys never give up. And even Cuba Gooding Jr. said that. These guys never, they're never going to stop. I didn't even feel that tension. Like, the, yeah, I didn't. It didn't feel like very well built. It was like, oh, good, another scene with Dennis Leary. You know? well, yeah, but I guess that becomes the question: Is that Dennis Leary's fault, or is that more of a direction slash editing issue? Where... I think that was more direction and editing. I don't blame that on Dennis yeah. Leary and or him as an actor. I just it it didn't. I don't know. It, it wasn't a bad thing. I just didn't feel that tension with him as the bad guy. I more wanted to see him again like more scenes with him so. yeah when well, i would like to add uh, as a little final note too that it didn't occur to me to we right before we started the podcast this actually this movie fits somewhat in with i i have this theory that pretty much like in 1990 to about 94 maybe even 95 but definitely that first window of the 90s there was this spate of i guess the best way to put it is like this suburban middle upper upper middle class thriller 
where it was always about, usually it was about like the interloper. Like you always had right. this mundane figure, like you had Ray Liotta's cop in Unlawful Entry. Yeah. You had the man in the hand that rocks a cradle, played by Rebecca De Mornay. And, uh-huh. you know, things like that. Uh, Pacific Heights with uh, Michael yeah. Keaton and Melanie Griffith. So, you know, these co- very common themes of sort of these, you know, Upper middle class yeah. folks that yes, have kind of to deal with some types. kind of nightmare yeah. or evil. Yeah. The difference with this one, though, of course, is that rather than it coming to them, they go to it, but they even make a comment at one point that we're only like 10 minutes from or 10 miles from somebody's house. So they aren't that far removed from their environment. But it, it, it was, felt like they're on another planet. But it really, I mean, <laughs> yeah, kind of did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I guess as what from just purely, uh, not to get like too heavy about this all of a sudden, but mm-hmm. I find it, I would just, it'd be interesting to see like the, the social aspect of that, like why, what was it? Cause you could really, a, yeah. lot, a lot of horror films, especially with thrillers too, they are supposed to be playing on the fears of a time. So they work the best during that time off and because of fears and, and things that people were dealing with. And it's interesting to think that, you know, cause we came, you know, we're coming out of the eighties and we're into the nineties. Now the cold war has just ended. So it's almost like that. Okay. Everybody's living these kind of simple kind of conservative lives. And then all of a sudden, well, and it's, the it's unknown. playing on that the, the fear is within or yeah. the evil is yeah, within. The, you could be right next to you. But, I mean, that's not an original idea to those movies, but yet for some reason there seemed to be a spate of them in that period. A heavy period. Yeah, and I think another thing too, and I, and this is something I know you and I have talked about offline a lot before. In a lot of these thrillers or horror movies, a lot of them are built around, uh, of course, the main theme of, of, of those is morality tales, right? Mm-hmm. But you can tell a lot of times based on what, what period the movie was in sort of what the main theme of that morality is mm-hmm. because it changes over time. You look at some of the movies, the horror movies from the 30s and 40s, the the morality tale there is very very different than it is you know, like you watch something now, you know, yeah. a current uh, a current horror flick, but even into kind of the decades you can see some of the elements within something like this of it's it's the class war. This kind of came after, you know, the 80s. I, I know we kind of talked about it when we covered um Adventures in Babysitting. You know, so it was a similar um, kind of dichotomy, but yeah, they, and yeah, they wrapped is... it up. They wrapped it up into a nice, neat bow. That yeah, guess what? All the people were really nice. You just never gave them a chance. So yeah, that compared to this, and you know, you got like uh, Boys in the Hood and Colors and those movies, kind of hitting at this time frame, which really was talking about the the plight of inner city um, turmoil and the issues that were happening there. And so this is kind of thrusting the basically the white bread white picket fence suburban guys with an rv being forced to live that world and that was dennis leary's character was you don't know me you know you rich people think you can buy your way out of everything this is sort of ironic because i don't didn't get the vibe ray was in fact rich he was just sort of a fast talking jackass yeah yeah and i kind of got the that dennis leary's character probably would have taken him up on money and then killed him you know oh yeah oh yeah you know but uh yeah it's Again, not to drag it down too heavy, but I think this that period had a lot of that um, inner city uh, turmoil because that was the time New York City was still the murder capital of the world, and um, there were still a lot of big city issues um, before a lot of the crime started to get cleaned up. And yeah, fixed. but but those but a lot of those but, movies never other than like this one, it, you know, being a, obviously the rare exception. But a lot of those other movies, like. They all take place within suburbia. I mean, look at like Sleeping with the Enemy, or uh, you know, any yeah, of those. Yeah. It's, all, it's all this either the small and and I and again, that's not original ideas. I just find it interesting. What was it specifically 
you know, yeah. what were the elements at that time? It was at the, you know, the Cold War ending. So we always had the outside, you know, the, the enemy on the outside. So now it does force you to kind of say, okay, well, what is right next door? What, what's waiting there for you that you have always taken for granted as being sweet and innocent or, or, or something that helps you like a, the, you know, the police officer that comes over to help and, oh, wait, no, you know, he wants your wife. He's going to kill your ass to get her, you know? So actually, you know, that's a good point. This actually might be, you know, if you talk about the, the, the nineties, you have the, you have the, pretty much crime-ridden 80s, and I know not everywhere in the U.S., but you have a lot of problems with crime in the 80s, and this was a big theme. Well, yeah, from the and, 70s on through, that, there was like about two decades there where right. out of the 60s, it really you was know, bad. In certain huge areas. issues. And I, it's the same thing if you look at like uh, um, sci-fi and, and thrillers oh, yeah. and horrors uh-huh. of the 1950s uh-huh. because that's the period of leisure. That's the period of things are starting to settle out. People who are in their safe areas, the the movies of that time were trying to kind of yeah. address that you know maybe you're not safe either in your in your comfort and this was kind of that same thing it's yeah. like okay you think you're detached from the problems being in you know either the rich beach house like in sleeping with the enemy or you're you know safe having a nanny and this you know rich life or uh being a whatever they didn't really play up what any of these guys did for a living except ray ray i guess who was a salesman but yeah yeah they really didn't really um but they definitely lived in suburbia because that was the whole intro yeah so and there was a shot there was a shot by the way that totally like when they first leave that uh milo estevez's character uh frank they leave his neighborhood that final shot of the trees it totally looked like uh the stepfather when he's walking down the, the street and stuff like that, it's almost the exact same crane shot. I was like, yeah. okay. Did they Where it just... pulls up by yep. the tree. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was good. So, <sighs> anyway, wow. We got way deeper than I thought we would with Judgment <laughs> Yeah, wow. Seriously, I don't know where the hell that came from. So, uh, would you like to hear a promo, Jay, and then maybe go into our picks? Oh, by God, please. Hi, this is Kevin Batchelder. And this is the Saturday B movie reel. Do something. Shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> That's about describes it. Yeah. All right, everybody stay here. We look specifically at the Sci-Fi Channel's original movies. You know the ones. The ones that air on Saturday night. Being known throughout the ages is an instant classic. <laughs> we need a bigger gator! Uh, limb cutting yes. and blood squirting from... <laughs> Flying limbs, I called them. it in my notes. What could go wrong? We look on a regular basis at the movies as they come out, and since they've been over 200 of them, we do go back and look at many of them that are now out on DVD. By this point, I had completely forgotten any semblance of seeing if this actually makes any sense from a plot point of view. So come on by, get involved, and have some fun. Check us out at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. Our future depends on it. Make it safe. We need a bigger gator, maybe one of the greatest lines in cinematic history, by the way. And it makes it even better that it was spoken by Tiffany. Yes, <laughs> indeed it does. So, Jason, what is your movie pick? Uh, yeah, we're running long tonight, so I'll keep this short. But um, I actually picked one that connected with the composer of this movie. Okay. So we, we talked about some musical connections with this. I, as you know, I'm a huge movie fan and movie buff. And um, I love Alan Silvestri, who mm-hmm. did the music for this and many other great movies. Um, you know, he, he's well known for um, some great scores. But one of the ones I picked is from 1986. I chose Clan of the Cave Bear, 
mm. which has actually a fantastic score to it. It's got beautiful music. It's I haven't seen it in a number of years. It's been a long time. It stars Daryl Hannah. Um, and well, there's can I just say something real quick, Jay? This has been a long yeah, time. Yeah. I just want to throw this out there. Rather than watching it, what I want you to do is take a can of paint, mm-hmm. take a lawn chair. Does it matter what what color? Um, I, you know what? Be be uh, you can be festive. Actually, you know okay. what? No, since we're trying to equate it to um, white. Okay. Okay, like eggshell white. maybe. No, that's good. Go out to a fence. Doesn't it can be your fence or someone else's fence? Mm-hmm. Okay, take the paint. A paintbrush, okay, paint, just a few slats. Set mm-hmm. up your chair, sit down, and and watch. Till what? I'm just saying, as opposed to watching Clan of the Cave Bear. Till it dries? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. It's <laughs> it's not as bad as Quest for Fire, although it does have Wait, some... Wait, does a Quest for Fire have Radon Chong and hot uh, monkey dog sex or something? Like... Yes, there's Clay, you know, Clay doggy Bear, style wait, sex wait, move. Wait, is Clay Bear the one with Robert Perlman and Daryl Hannah that, and they kind of have that Neanderthal weird vibe going on, and they're like, no, Perlman's in in Quest for Fire. Okay, who has monkey uh, and, sex? Is it Perlman with Daryl Hannah? No, it's 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 Don Chong? Quest for what? Fire. Ray Don Chong. It's the moment where he's the awkward caveman that does it doggy style, and she uh, says, "No, no, nothing, silly caveman, ain't nothing I, wrong with that." Hey, what? I, I roll over. Yeah, it's a really odd scene in Quest for Fire where she's teaching him. I love that I completely to... derailed you from your the, your movie. <laughs> and we're talking about this. Because he's supposed to be like a Neanderthal, and I guess she's supposed to be Homo sapiens sapien, and she's the superior uh, species, subspecies, and he's the inferior, and he tries to do things awkward, and she's like, no, no, roll over, we face to face. And I remember as a kid like... Sw- does she then pull a Madeline Kahn <laughs> and sing Sweet Mystery of Life at Last I Found You? <laughs> No, that would have actually improved. No, no. Clan of the Cave Bear is based on a series of novels. It's actually um, written by uh, Gene Owl. A very, very good series of books. It's it's kind of um, what living in the time of Cro-Magnon Man was like, and or really a representation boring. of it. Um, <laughs> and it was good. But Daryl <laughs> Hannah plays a, a heroine in this who basically bucks the male system, which Whoa. is stereotypical. Oh, you know, a uh, uh, female story where she's she has to be uh, strong and live on her own, and and but it's actually a decent movie, and it has it stars Pamela Reed, um, who I I hate to say this because she's been in a ton of things, but I always remember her as Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, partner in Kindergarten Cop, like she's oh, the chick yeah. who was yep. sick and yep. swigging the Nyquil, um, and James Reamer, who who uh, has been a lot of stuff. He's oh yeah, forty eight hours and yeah, yep. tons of stuff. Yep, and then most recently he's in he was in uh, Dexter as mm-hmm. well, but. Um, so it's a decent, it's a good movie. I like it. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I can't say, you know, hundred percent, but, um, I liked it when I saw it. So Clan of the Cave Bear, 1986, because it has music by Alan Silvestri. I think that's a good reason in and of itself. Well, my choice was from 1996 and, or seven, I'm sorry, 1997. <clears throat> and I chose it because it connects to Jeremy Piven. I love Jeremy Piven. I think he's a great actor. And I chose Gross Point Blank, which interestingly also stars John Cusack, who we, of course, talked about last week with Better Off Dead. Mm-hmm. It has a hell of a cast, man. It's got freaking Mini Driver, obviously Jeremy Piven, like I said. It has uh, Hank Azaria is in it. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not Hank Azaria. What the hell am I? I'm looking at the, I was looking at the wrong thing. <laughs> ADD moment. So, <laughs> it right, does no, have yeah, Hank Azaria. Yeah, it, it does, it does. Okay, okay. I was looking yeah. at the right thing. I, my bad. 
My bad. Just calm down. There's, there's a couple of people in there, probably like Shannon, like a couple of people like, you ass, he is in it. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, Joan Al- Cusack. Yeah, Joan Cusack. Alan Arkin, of course, yes. is in it. And I love Alan Arkin. Dan Aykroyd was in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, hell of a great cast. And it is about a hitman, played by Cusack, who returns to his hometown for his high school reunion. And all sorts of wacky shenanigans ensue. And what is cool about it is, well, besides the fact it's got a great soundtrack, it feels like there's a, a vibe of, of like this 80s kind of comedy. It's, like the, it's not as absurd as like Better Off Dead or even 16 Candles, but yet there's still moments that feel like that. They, they have that nostalgic sort of quality to them, but it never completely dips into, you know, syrupy, sweet, like make you gag uh, moments. Yeah. So, but it, but it, it's pretty violent in points because he is a hitman after all. Um, Dan Aykroyd also plays a, a killer in it, and it, it's it's very entertaining. So, Gross Point Blank, nineteen ninety seven, and in fact, Hank Azaria is in it, as is Dan Aykroyd, as is Minnie Driver, and Alan Arkin, <laughs> and lots of other people. <laughs> so, Jay, on that note, you got any uh, final words? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sewage. Please don't go into any manholes. Oh, I won't. I won't. They're they're not as cool as it looks like. But no, yes, absolutely. Check us out on ForgottenFlicks.com. And not only are the podcast episodes there, but you can check out some great reviews. We've got lots of other stuff there. Um, lots of good write-ups and articles. And over 300 and some odd posts up there now. So definitely dig into that. Um, you can check us out on Twitter. I am at Flicks Sidekick, and Joel is at Forgotten Flicks. And then you want to explain the whole Facebooky thing? Yes. Apparently, there's confusion. No, I'm just kidding. There's actually two pages. <laughs> we have the Forgotten Flicks fan page. That is where we post the podcast episodes, and eventually, my lazy ass will get around to updating the little widget that I use for that, and it will post just regular posts because. Primarily at this point, we have the podcast episodes and uh, Peter's retro movie reviews that come out every week. And every once in a while, you know, we get Maggie or, or somebody or Jason will do a deep fried cheese, that kind of thing. But for the most part, that's mm-hmm. the main stuff. So we'd like those to show up there as well. That being said, that's what that page is all about. So like it, you know, it's cool. We appreciate that. We also have the group page, however. And for that one, you have to gain entry. And I'll just give you a hint. The way you gain entry involves... A lint brush, Vaseline, and a manhole. And Deep Roy. (laughs) (laughs) It always involves Deep Roy. (laughs) Yes. And, no, but all you have to do is, you know, you just want to join and let you right in. No problem. And, uh, you know, got quite a few folks in there now. And uh, it's it's a pretty happening place. Everybody uh, is always in a conversation about some sort of movie-oriented thing. So if you you love retro movies, you love the old movies, you love the, the 80s and, you know, occasionally the 90s type stuff, uh, stop on by there. So that's the Forgotten Flicks group page. And, uh, you know, give us a check out there on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Jay, before we, uh, we we finish this puppy up, any final lingering words? I'm an A-S-S-H-O-L-E. I'm a Joe. I'm a Joe. <laughs> Thank you.
Folks, I'd like to sing a song about the American dream. About me. About you. About the way our American hearts beat way down in the bottom of our chests. About that special feeling we get in the cockles of our hearts. Maybe below the cockles. Maybe in the subcockle area. Maybe in the liver. Maybe in the kidneys. Maybe even in the colon. We don't know. I'm just a regular Joe with a regular job. I'm your average white suburbanite slob. I like football and porno and books about war. I got an average house with a nice hardwood floor. My wife and my job, my kids and my car. My feet on my table and a Cuban cigar. To keep a man like me interested Oh no, no way uh-uh. No, I've gotta go out and have fun At someone else's expense Oh yeah, 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 yeah I drive really slow in the ultra-fast lane While people behind me are going Summertime saying, how about this heat? I'm on a Shut up and sing this song, pal. I'm an actor. 